1: When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. slaps slap, slabs The Different Knock, an Arsenal podcast. You've chosen to sign this new contract here at Arsenal, but what made you so sure that this was the best place and this was the right decision for you?
0: It's Arsenal, guys. Come on, it's Arsenal.
1: Welcome back to the back, to the back, to the back, to the different knock and ask the podcast with Alexander Moneypenny and my very good friend, Bradley Adams. Hello mate, how are you? Very well,
0: very well. We've been off for a little while because Bradley has been on holiday. How was it? It was lovely, thanks. I'm quite brown, uh, got a little bit burnt on the first few days. It was about 36 to 38 degrees every single day and as a man covered in hair, I am not built for the heat. Um, so we had to move the, the the mattress into the living room and sleep with double doors open because I was so hot. Um, but other than that, it was an amazing chance to recharge. Thank you, mate. How's your week been?
1: I got a text from Brad um, of him on the beach uh, in that heat while I was literally cleaning poo off the floor. <laughs> literally cleaning <laughs> poo off the floor. Not metaphorically, I was actually cleaning some cat poo off the floor when Brad texted me. Oh, that is so funny. So there you go. However, Brad, something did make my day today. And I have to share this on the podcast. Right now, right now. Go for it. It is unbelievable. I hope it's still there. Everyone, go on Twitter. If you have a Twitter account, I mean, who doesn't have a bloody Twitter account? Come on. Go on Mikel Arteta's Twitter, check his likes, and you will see a tweet from myself that he's liked a quote tweet of. So basically what I'm saying is Arteta himself, or perhaps his wife, because some people say it's his wife, has seen my Arteta prop. And I I think, Brad, I think my life's peaked. I think it has peaked. It's just, I, I, I am so happy. It's unbelievable. Genuinely, been... one of the best days of my life. I'm it's so proud absolutely, of you. Thanks, I have mate. to say, I have to say on pod, I am so proud of you.
0: You're smashing it at the moment.
1: Thanks, mate. Yeah, there might be people listening to uh, the podcast for the first time, in which case, uh, welcome. Brad and I've been doing this for two years and I started making some YouTube videos recently and that has, uh, gone quite well. So we yeah. are, we are where we are, but, um, yeah, literally probably the best day of my life. So thanks everyone. Uh, it's been a ride. It's been a journey. Thanks for listening. And I will be uh, keep it living See you in later. Nepal. no we have a lot to get to today listeners i hope you're doing well we have a lot to get through today uh we haven't been around for a while so there's been so much that happened um we've got a a cornucopia of possible places to go with this brad i want to get to the edu interview i want to go to the outgoings i want to talk about the captaincy i want to talk about The window, the all or nothing preview, we haven't even discussed the Chelsea game. I mean, we just, we, 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 this might be two hours, but I think let's start with some outgoings. Let's do that because the transfer window is the most important part of any football club. Let's just not play games. Let's just, let's just sign players. That's, that's all that matters. Um, We've had some news today. A Conquo out on loan and Tavares out on loan. Mm Mm-hmm. A um, Conquo is kind of, you know, by the by. Uh, it's interesting how often he's commented on as highly rated by the club. Most journalists, when they speak about him, say how highly he's rated at the club. That's just an interesting thing to me. I always, he's always on the tours. He's always included.
0: Um, so he's definitely. I think it's it. why he's going out on loan rather than um, staying at the club for another season because Absolutely. first team football, especially for goalkeepers, it's, it's, it's often why um, in matches as well, Uh, teams will tend to play the ball to the keeper first so the keeper can get a touch on the ball, make a pass, make a kick out and not have the first time he touches the ball be picking it out of his net or trying to save a shot, you know, because getting, getting to grips with things, um, and playing first team football or being involved and having that chance to warm up is, is so important. So I think it's a real smart move for the club, especially seeing as, you know, we've got Carl Hein, we've got Turner. I mean, Christ, we could we could have had a three of Turner, Runison and and Ramsdale.
1: And, we could you know, we could field a team of goalkeepers, mate. We, 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 could, we
0: could field a back five of goalkeepers, of professional <laughs> goalkeepers, for fuck's sake.
1: Yeah. Not 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 a very good back five, but maybe better than Pablo Murray. Um, I think um Nah, I like Pablo Murray. He's just, we're just just playing a high line now. It doesn't suit him. Anyway, um, yeah, I agree. I think confidence is a big thing for keepers and I hope he can get that and he's still very young. Um, More interesting to me, the Tavares loan. Um, I put this out on Twitter. I think this is a really smart move, getting him out to a, a team I think basically, I think this uh, the Atalanta thing fell through, but it looks like he's moving to Marseille, which again, you know, sort of fine. I don't know what system Marseille play, but uh, you know, they're, they're not exactly bottom of the, of League One. I they're think they're also essentially... changing
0: position. We don't know what kind of system Marseille play at the moment, because they've just lost Sound Paoli. Okay. So good. we've not seen a, a large amount of football from them since that.
1: Yeah. And they're not, they're, they're not happy with uh, said Klasnach. So the unwanted Arsenal left-back crew grows. Um, I think basically, I've seen a lot of people go, I want Tavares to go to like a championship club and get in loads of sort of defensive situations and get all the mistakes out, which I understand. I do get that. But I think from a player development perspective, we have to appreciate what we have here. And it's a young man who has played, I think before this season, played something like 25, I worked out, it was like something like a thousand minutes of league football when Saka's played like now after this season has played something like seven and a half thousand minutes. This guy has not played. And this is similar to the Conqueror situation. He's got strengths and ability and quality. If you stick him in a situation where he's, you know, he, him, basically what will be probably his establishment as a proper professional football player is in a situation he's not comfortable with. That is not good for personal development. If you think think of any situation that you're trying to personally develop someone in, if you know, for example, I don't know, you've got a well, the analogy I used was a kid in school and they're struggling in school generally, but they're really good at maths. You don't take them out of maths to try and round them off. You say, no, you're great at maths. Keep doing that. We're really proud of you in that, and stay there. But also, we're going to try and and push
0: you in other areas. So I, I think it makes a lot of sense pers- personally. There's a, there's a couple of things to note as well. If you look at Tavares and his superpower, it is probably attacking Verve, sticking him in a three and, and, you know, we, we've played this, this system where we, we tend to roll one of the the full backs into that kind of almost auxiliary third center back with Tommy Asu doing that last season. And whilst we may be moving forward to having Zinchenko and Tomiyasu invert into the midfield, that we still might want the option of having a real attacking outlet down that left-hand channel. Circa, that's why we're keeping Kieran Tierney. You know, different options are great. And I'd rather him refine his superpower as being an attacking left-back and get, a shitload of first team minutes doing that uh, in a, in a, in a system where he will be defensively covered and it won't be as exploitative if that's the right word. Exploitative. He won't
1: be as exploited. I yeah, guess he probably. won't be as
0: exploited. Yeah. And, um and that, that will allow him to grow in the player that we want. We want a second option at left back that is unbelievably attacking. Um, so let him go and and learn the craft doing that in a way that isn't going to affect a club wanting to challenge one for Champions League football and two for trophies. Uh, I think it's a great move, especially when you consider he played more minutes last season alone than he had in his entire professional career before that. More professional league minutes.
1: Yeah, that's what I was saying before. It's it's
0: crazy the, the, the little amount of football that he had played before this season. And allowing him to go out and refine that superpower... And then, if he does refine it really well, gives Arsenal the choice and the option of, okay, well, which attacking left back do we sell—the one that is a physical specimen, or the one that you know has matchsticks for legs that seem to break all the time—and it it creates it creates what <laughs> wonderful challenges and choices about what to do, uh, and we also have a track record now with Saliba of loaning players out to Marseille and it going well. Not every loan will go well, but building a good relationship with the club in a European top five league that we can send players who need those developmental minutes is important and is really a really good step by the club.
1: Yeah, two good points. And and two to come back on there. I think firstly, Tavares is never going to be that Kieran Tierney 1v1 99th percentile player is it's not going to happen so so I was putting him in a situation he's not comfortable with there's no point like it, it, it's it, you know he he can and should and I think will improve um, and actually I think he already is a, I watched him in preseason in the Chelsea game and I thought his 1v1 defending was much better there's a situation with a player that I can't remember thinking about him Reece James, Rhys um, James where I saw him not diving in and really strongly held up and you don't want to take him on him he's fucking what a physical specimen he is second point being absolute hunch but i think arteta is trying to develop essentially three options at fullback on both sides because i think we're still looking at left center back so i think we're still we're still probably going to try and have the left center back who actually rolls around into the three like um like tomiasu does i think that left centre back will possibly, you know, be able to play out wide as well. But you know, we'll, we'll, um, so we'll be playing out wide, but also maybe playing at left centre back. But sort of a hybrid LB, LCB, I think is cu- the kind of profile we'll go for. We'll then have the inverters in Zinchenko um, and uh, Ben White and Tommy Asu on um, on on sort of either side. Tommy Asu can play both sides, and then I think we'll get attacking covers as well. Sorry, attacking more attacking fullbacks as well in Nuno Tavares and possibly Britt Norton Cuffy or something. So I think we'll see almost three options there without it being actually stacked there. You know, we've got Ben White there. We've got, you know, Saliba there who could possibly play there. We've got Tommy Asu who could play both sides. You see know what I mean? You know, Zinchenko can play as a sort of chalk on his boots left back or, or invert as well, but not as a centre-back. So I think we're just developing options there and adding layers. And I think, you know, I looked at the Chelsea game and what we were doing was a, what I expected us to do, which was a two, three, five or a two, three, two, three, depending on how you want to look at it. And I think that's basically what, what, um, what Arteta wants to do. So, so that's my, that's my guess at the moment. Um, other outgoings, Terrera, um, to
0: possibly Valencia. I don't know I don't if I'm know unbelievably out of the loop, but everyone's calling him really unprofessional. I, why? What's going on? Um,
1: yeah, I... Is it just I fans being strongly, fans? Possibly. I don't feel strongly about it. I I feel as though he just wants a move. Like, and that's fair enough. He, he knows he's not going to play. So he wants to go. And if you're in that situation, you're probably saying, yeah. fuck it. And also, uh, I th- has he lost both his parents or just his mum? I think he might have lost... He, Maybe he's, both. he's had a... Maybe both his parents, I, um, people might not know, know this. I lost my dad in 2017 and honestly, at some point you just go, I have, I have to just start acting how I want to act. I think it's, you know, when you have a, a, a parent die, I can speak from first hand experience. you just like, fuck it. Do you know what I mean? Like there is a real kind of, at some point there is a kind of fuck it like attitude. And it's usually one of the stages. I think it's kind of one of the stages of grief. And I imagine mm-hmm. he's there. He's going, life is too short. I can't be bothered to sit around at Arsenal Football Club. I'm going to agitate for a move. So, yeah. you know, I think people, people have different um, reasons for doing the things that they do. I, 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 he's not cussing out the club. I mean, he is kind of twerking for every club in the world, but look, why wouldn't you? He, he knows he's not going to play at Arsenal. He wants to go somewhere else. Fair enough. Yeah. Um. And on the other side of the scale, Leno looks like he's off to Fulham. Decent fee. Mm-hmm. Um. Top professional. Um, no problem there. Good luck to him. And I think that's a great coup for Fulham. Great move for him because he wants to stay in London. And I think it's a great, he's going to look really good in that Fulham team. He'll face a lot of shots and he saved us from a lot of cricket scores under Emery. So fair play to him.
0: Yeah. I think also people are forgetting how high wages he's on. And you know, that's, I think that's the reason the fee is so low about eight to 10 million quid. Cause I think I would have wanted about 15, Probably I think that would have been fair valuation, but you look at the fact that he's on a hundred K a week and the only club that have seemingly been concretely interested are a newly promoted side. They're not going to want to eat a 15 million pound transfer fee and a hundred K a week when they're not even guaranteed to stay in the league. So I think that's why we've seen the price drop. Um, But yeah, it's a great signing for them. Uh, You know, they've they've picked up him. They've picked up Charles Palina. Who, who again like they, they seem to be picking up some really solid signings so I'd expect them to stay in the league this season um but I'm really I'm really happy for him because he has been an absolute consummate professional and just held uh, held himself in the highest regard and so I'm really happy he's getting the move that he's wanted and this is a situation where I'm happy that Arsenal have kind of been able to come to an agreement rather than, for example, if we accepted shit money for Torreira now, I'd probably be a bit annoyed because he's been trying to twerk for every move under the sun after and yep. being a bit unprofessional about it, if if that makes sense. But um, yeah, g- good for him. Uh, it's a great move. Uh, and, you know, we'll see, we'll see him against us on the yep. 27th, won't we, Alex?
1: <laughs> oh, Yes. Absolutely, Brad. Yeah, Brad and I got tickets for the Fulham game. Mate, I haven't actually spoken to you about that. We got it this morning. Mate, thank you so much. I went it's on the right, um I went on the, the ticket website and it was absolutely sold out. Couldn't get tickets for Leicester. And actually that is kind of the perfect um segue for the next thing I want to talk about, which is kind of it's a number of things. It's kind of the pre-season game the sort of feeling around the club at the moment and also kind of on the edu in- interview going full um high level on this the edu interview was really instructive to me because it's it's told us that there's there there's a there's a, there's a plan and we kind of knew that but actually he's been most the most specific he's ever been right and he's saying that this is the season that i told the board in 2020 whatever it was that arsenal are going to be back challenging for europe and 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 looking like serious you know like a serious club again that looks like it's happening i mean watch that ball fizzing around watch the against in that chelsea game watch those players moving around in their positional play watch how connected it feels watch how the new players have added complete new dynamics this is a system that's coming in i saw a picture of um coming into to, to, to force and the project is going bang. Yeah. So I had a look at the, basically the squad photo for 1920, uh, Unai Emery's squad as he went into the, the, the downward spiral. And okay. There's a couple of players on contract. So Reese Nelson and Torreira and Pep and Pepe and stuff.
0: In and Niles. The,
1: yeah. In terms of the players who play and are going to play moving forward, I make it three. Rob Saka, holding. Smith-Rowe, and Martinelli, I think Holding within the next 12 months will go. And Kieran Tierney, is it okay? That's four.
0: Kieran Tierney. So I think if you're if you're considering who could possibly have a long future at the club, I think Tierney's almost on that that knife's edge of a watch list yeah, could be sold. it's told. like three and a half. It's like, it's Saka... Jacker, but again, he's another one of, of it's Saka and Ellie Smith Rowe. I reckon Jack has gone in twelve months, and Holding's probably gone in twelve months.
1: Yeah, so if we let's say Jesus, if, if if we're saying in who are the players that Mikel clearly wants to play when he walked through the doors, there was three, <laughs> and he had an entire squad to turn over. Now I'm looking at that and I'm going. Obviously, squad squad change happens. That that happens. Of course, it does. Over time, you know, you look at the Man City squad. There's a picture of De Bruyne from I think it's you know when he first joined in 2016 or whatever it was, and he's the only player there. Right? That happens, but it does not happen as quickly as it as it's happened. And I feel like with the squad turnover, as Arteta's got his team, as the the project has started to click into place, as Edu has been more and more clear. With the public, whether it was always that clear, it feels like it was. But whether whether we believe it or not, it, it appears to you know from what you're saying that there was this long term plan to get the specificity. Now we've got that. I'm seriously excited about this team, Ser- mm-hmm. because as much as people can say, Oh, preseason doesn't doesn't tell you anything. It's forget Chelsea. We were knocking it around and playing and technically secure the patterns were unbelievable the switches were unbelievable the players popping up in different zones body position all the stuff you look for in a positional play team was there it was it was sensational so fuck it i don't i am I'm, I'm willing to, to take Here's the more, thing. Than, more than um, perhaps should be gleaned from pre-season and i i love it and i just feel really good about the club at the moment with all the clarity of messaging and what feels like the clarity of the project i totally agree with you
0: Here's the thing. We built a history with Arsene Wenger over slapping 14 teams in the league home and away and not doing so well against the top 6. Obviously, I think Chelsea can improve their squad over the next 3 to 4 weeks that's left of the window or what whatever's left. I think the same of, you know, I don't I think United are well, we're well out of sight of United right now. Like, they've got a lot of work to do. Um, And I think you're looking at three people battling for for two places, right? There is one thing that I think that I'm taking from this preseason, and that is that I'm not expecting really any slip-ups against smaller teams. Because no matter how much they're improving now with odd random signings, they aren't getting near the level of not only... Technically secure and aggressive, penetrative, dicing football that we're playing and quality of signing. You know, we've signed Gabriel Jesus and people want to chat shit because, oh, you know, it's, it's, oh, we're signing cities off cuts or whatever, or yada, yada, yada. Like these are players that would start in 16, 17 teams in in this He didn't
1: want them to leave. So
0: yeah like it, it Peps called him before before this was even happening Pep called him the best pressing forward in the world like we are signing great great players and whilst I think that yes Chelsea have the opportunity to do so I think Spurs's business is kind of coming to a close um but there is there is real positivity moving forward and a real confidence in me that when I'm I no longer expect us to to see one 0 Southampton or whatever it was, or two one against Brighton. Because you're taking the cogs out of the machine that caused those things to happen. Yeah.
1: No, and it's not to say that slip ups won't happen, but but as you say, we're we're removing They'll be the rarer. Things. They'll be yeah, very we're removing rarer. The They'll be rarer as much as we can and 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 removing the you know, and you, sh- you can just smell it, mate. You can just smell it that, you know, the, you see online fans, but you can't get a ticket for the Emirates Cup. You can't get a ticket for Leicester. You can't get a ticket for Fulham. Uh, I saw someone earlier Robert, say- I was, on, I was literally
0: it. sat on my laptop at a coffee shop having to like literally at, I think I logged on at 10.01, right? And I was just sat there trying trying to get any ticket, right? And I got, I got in the website at like 10.07 and it told me Fulham had already sold out. And I got us two seats in the same block that are rows un- and seats away from each other, right? There were still tickets for the Arsenal-Chelsea game at home, one of the biggest derbies in Arsenal's season, days after they went on sale last season. Like, there is a reinvigorated uh, fan base at the club, which is mm-hmm. amazing. Which is amazing.
1: Yeah. Yep. And it's a, it's, a, it's a specificity and clarity, that are the two things, and we'll get you know we'll get into the Amazon Prime documentary, uh, possibly after the break, and the the trailers that have come out and talk talk and preview that. But it's the specificity and clarity, and the it, there's no mistake here that we're releasing Haylen documentaries. Edu is doing more and more interviews. There is more and more media around the club. I don't you know even that news that came out today of KSI and Logan Paul. Arsenal are positioning themselves as a. And they're acting, again, like a top club. That's what they're doing. And I've said for so long in this podcast, if you want to be a top club, you have to act like one. Even if your finances don't don't stretch, which it appears we're doing the... It was a fascinating bit uh, interview that I think a lot of people missed about um, Arteta and Josh Kronke, is He's saying long-term, Arsenal want there to be a, a sustaining model, but they've identified that there had to be a period of investment for people like Liverpool, for people... Who've had any, any kind of success in the in the league, there has to be for a club like Arsenal a period of significant uh investment before a slight reduction and more of a self-sustaining model and trying to to, mm. to do things in a slightly more cost effective way. That's the process we're in, and that's why we're seeing the business that we're doing. We're gonna be the highest high spenders probably for two two summers on the bounce. The excitement for me is in the clarity. It's in the messaging. It's in the what we're trying to do, the specificity of the players. Every single one is a ball progressor. Every single one is a top, top, top technician. We're not get we're not signing players anymore who I don't see who, you know, and you can just you can just see it. As I said, you know, Zinchenko picks up the ball, smashes a ball out to Saka, inch perfect, and you go, There you go. There you go. And and you and you immediately, you immediately raise the level.
0: And adding weapons that we don't have, that out ball to the right hand side is not something currently in our, pardon the pun, arsenal. Um, I don't get it. Ben White uh, loves to switch that ball uh, to the left hand side, but the angles are wrong for him to, and the positioning's wrong for him to be able to do that to the to the right hand side. Gabrielle is more of a line breaker and a short to medium term passer, doesn't float a lot of balls over. And I think he's very underrated with the ball, but he doesn't do a lot of those types of passes. And we don't currently have that as an option. Kirantini doesn't do that. Tavares doesn't do that to the same level. Um, adding that is another weapon. Being able to switch, overload that left-hand side and then switch plays so precisely in an instant will get us five goals in the season. And it's incremental increases and incremental weapons like that that turn you from top four challenger to top four definite and then top four definite to title challenger and then title challenger to title winner. It's adding those different options that make you, you know, inevitable.
1: Yeah. And it's not about that we'll never make a mistake again. It's not that. It's no. just reducing the risk factors. And that's what we're doing. And 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 adding clarity and specificity, as I, as I keep saying. And what I love as well, for, uh, you know, looking at some specific comments from the um, the Edu interview, he was asked, have you met players that are not right for Arsenal? He said, yes, for sure. The reason to meet the players, to meet the families and to talk to the agents is, of course, they have to understand us. But I also have to understand them. And he tells a story about a player... Specific, and he says specifically from Dortmund that he met and was saying I need I need to think of the money think of the money and he just said to the agent Do you know what I'm out like Deborah him. and I think you know we <laughs> very niche joke um, if if that's the clarity that we're getting if there's a clear plan of going there are there are Arsenal types and there are not Arsenal types. You know, all of the images were getting out, you know, Mikel Arteta's tree, whatever you want to put it, however this is, there's something going on. This is the thing. And I think for so long, there was a, I remember being fuming for a while about how Arsenal didn't handle the Saliba thing. They didn't control the narrative with the Saliba thing. And I think they've learned from that kind of era where they're going, oh, actually, we, we need to come out in the media and be specific and say, actually, you know, I think two years ago, the Saliba thing happened. Sorry, if the, if the Saliba thing happened now, as opposed to two years ago, I think Edu might come out and do an interview and explain something. It'd be like, look, what we're doing, we really rate the player. And actually, I think they did about a year ago. They, they said something, but I think it was two years ago, you know, the thing with Nice and he was training in the under-23s. I remember sitting on this podcast and going, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> Control this narrative. And I think they've learned from that. I think they have. And Yeah. It's not to say there aren't going to be mistakes. It's not to say that every sign is going to work out. It's not to say we're going to win every game. But the exciting part is that there there feels like this growing sense of where we're going to do something this season. And the players seem to believe that too. And almost that's the most
0: important thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Because, and you know, there's no more leaks coming out. It's very rare that we get a shred or a speck of information before... And also one thing that that is is interesting to note is the only um, bits of information being reported like Lissandro Martinez and Tielemans are both deals Arsenal have been invo- uh, interested in for a while. You know, any deals that are popping up this summer are being kept quite a lot on the down low until they start to happen, which is a good thing. You know, I... Yeah, I mean, it, there's just overwhelming positivity around the club at the moment, which is um, an absolute dichotomy or an, just an absolute f- opposition to how it was, you know, 12 months ago, Yeah. let alone 36 months ago. Not No, not 36, that's three years, 24 months ago. You think, yep. and I think about this a lot, and I think about my journey as an Arsenal fan from... Uh, to be it from being, you know, very staunchly Arteta out, um, and I think that in that time, that November period of of twenty twenty, I will I will still maintain that there was there was real reason to worry and real reason to doubt. We looked uninventive. We looked like we didn't know what we were doing anymore. And then you you look at that situation and you look at now, and it is it is polar opposites and sometimes shows that just a bit of faith even if it's blind can lead to just unbelievably wonderful things and i i really am glad it has and it's it's one of the one of the most happiest moments of me being wrong in my life because look at what we've built now look at what we're building now and he, even if it doesn't work out with Mikel Arteta and we move on to a new manager look at this squad you, you know, we were talking a few years about about who the fuck are we going to get in to manage Socrates and Mustafi? Now they're going to come in and manage Saliba, Gabriel, White, Zinchenko, Jesus, Erdegard Like, unbelievable players. There's There's been such a change around. And whilst I hope that we achieve a very large level of success under Arteta, so that he gets the big fuck you to the people who are so betrodden in their own ego that they can't admit that they were once wrong. I, I really hope he gets that. If he doesn't, he has left us in a thousand percent of a better situation than he found us.
1: Yep. And by every metric, by every metric, you know, it's, you know, you look at the squad value, how that's changed. You look at the squad age profile, talent is undeniable. The, the players are more talented. The the club's more united well we're Arsenal but you know what I mean that you know the club is is much more together the stadium's selling out you know by every metric the club is in a better place than it was and and that's all you can say and let's hope we keep moving forward in that direction but that's it and you know Edu like I can't hammer this point enough this is not how he has spoken in the past He, he speaks about we didn't sign Rafinha I said to Deco da 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 he would never have done that a couple of years ago. We're getting the Amazon prime documentary and all the things that will come out of that and all the insights that we'll get. He speaks about whether he and Mikel decide on a signing. So we now know, okay, so they, okay, they have to work in tandem. They don't, you know, they both have to sign off on a, on a, uh, on a signing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He's being specific about the top four and saying he's trying to win things this season. There's a specificity and an openness that was not there before. And that, me is leading this project and they're also speaking about things that we have spoken about for years but hasn't been um out in the open perhaps uh, in terms of club media like things like you know when you've got a player who's 35 or you know 30 on big wages happy and comfortable in london it's impossible to move that player this is the thing we've spoken about for so long yeah. for the first time the club have started to be like yeah that fucking hell yeah what a situation thank you someone someone knows at the club and it, it you know it, it, it is exciting and, and to see them and even in the community engagement you know that that i don't know if you saw and on the american tour that aston laguna guy there's um i saw them you know club media filming mike from laguna's Pod, james mcnicholas getting exclusive interviews players being invited to the training ground you know there feels like a real
0: reaching out from the club and, and that's mm-hmm. that's exciting and a real insight into the mentality Everyone cries that, you know, that we don't have the mentality or whatever. But then Edu's saying, well, why can't we think about winning titles next season? Why can't we think about winning big trophies? That's an invincibles mentality that has not been in this club for a long time. And uh, one thing I worry about is that they are so intertwined that if one falls, the other does. If that makes sense. I would worry that that would happen. Uh, and i'm i I kind of wish there was a bit more um separation so that for continuity moving forward, if the club wanted to move on from either party, it wouldn't be so difficult to find another combination or a successor. but that's problems for a possible future, yeah if that's your only problem right now. What a beautiful situation to be in than when we were yeah. in fucking December twenty-fifth, twenty twenty, and me spending my Christmas day sat on my <laughs> sofa going, Fuck it hell, we're gonna get absolutely railed by Chelsea tomorrow. I'm not gonna hear the fucking end of it. Jesus Christ. I'm gonna have to go on a podcast and Alex will just inexplicably defend it. And I just <laughs> but do you see what I mean? Like yeah. I was yeah. we I was sat on Christmas Day, dreading the next day because I thought we were gonna hear absolutely just yeah. f- bottomed out yeah. and yeah. you look yeah. at what we're what, what are we worrying about now oh we might not get this siding oh what happens if this happens it's such a different world now big time big time the
1: problems uh never stop they just get bigger smaller. and smaller and harder and easier um right we're gonna have a break i'm gonna have a wee let's do uh, it and we'll come back me to me too actually in part two
0: Thank you to those of you who support us on Patreon. On patreon.com slash diffnock, you get access to ad-free versions of the post-game preview and TDK Shorts podcast for just £3 per month. But the most important part is you're supporting the podcast, YouTube, and more for less than a coffee a month and helping us grow. It would really mean the world. Speaking of coffee, for one-time support, head to buymeacoffee.com slash diffnock where you can...
1: Buy me a coffee.
0: The links are in the show description. Just a quick shout out to you, to you listening right now. Thank you for your support in even just listening to this podcast. It's a real pleasure. Nah, We're you're lucky all to add have impressions
1: you. to us. That's it. We don't care. Brad, you could, you could, you could read me a bedtime story. I quite like that one. Um, before we move on to the real stuff i.e. the transfer window and the all or nothing um is there much meat on the bone of the captaincy i want it to be Odegaard, guard and i think it's pretty obvious why i like i think it's worth discussing is
0: it but i i, I, uh, I, think, I, I think it's think, set in stone i, th- I like, think he is
1: the captain basically but yeah
0: kirantini is unbelievably injury prone and it, it it would be a situation where he's not even guaranteed to play we just signed a Odegaard... back for 30 mil. Yeah, like Martin Odegaard is, is Arsenal captain and is going to be, I don't think there's a, there's a single player that you could make an argument for that uh, is better suited right now. People might say Granit Xhaka, I think with a jaded past with the captaincy, throwing the armband on the floor and telling the fans to fuck off. I think that's just a recipe for disaster. I I wouldn't want that. Want uh, and I think it's too, I think sometimes people thrive under the pressure and Xhaka is not, Xhaka, I think thrives doing his best work in the background. Um, and then, you know, I, I think of ev- everyone else and I think, no, no, lit- there's literally, I think no other choice. Um, and for good reason, I think he's put himself out as one of the most vocal and technical leaders out there in the club. So it's the right decision for me. And yeah, I don't think there's much more to discuss.
1: Yep. Calm, technical leader of the team, leads the press, will always play. Um, more output needed, but his underlying num- numbers are top of the team. Um, yep. There's literally no other choice. I've seen some people go, oh, we need a more older, experienced head. And I'm like, okay, great. Who?
0: <laughs> Who Jack you- has
1: gone in 12 months. Who? Who literally yeah. name me someone? Nicola Pepe. All right. Um, yeah, it's it's mad, but I, I don't think there's much meat on that bone. I think I think it's 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 obviously going to be Odegaard, Garden. I'm sure we'll get that confirmation soon. I think um, vice captain will be interesting, but yeah, that might be interesting. That might be. Um, I mean, Mikel said before that he sees Tierney as a future captain, so it could, you know, it could still be Tierney. I don't I don't know, but you know, people lead in different ways, and there's going to be leadership groups and. All sorts of dynamics. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, but but as in I terms mind of mind it being Ramsdale, to be fair. Yeah, a bit green for me, but but as a symbol of the project, you know, ultimate ultimately, ultimately I, I said this in a video recently. A captain's only actual mandated responsibility is to do the coin toss. So it's a symbol, really. Yeah. And I think he's a perfect symbol of the project. So mm-hmm. you know, that's um that's that's good for me before we move on and i keep promising it i keep uh i keep saying we're gonna do it but we'll leave it to the end the real stuff because all this flim flam of playing the actual football games you don't watch those do you brad we don't actually
0: care about those it's all about the transfer window i haven't watched a game since christmas day 2020 <laughs> when i was so de- so depressed that i decided never again i'm all about transfers and football kits yep yeah, just vibes.
1: Just that black kit. Oh, fucking hell, it's so nice. Um, yeah, the yeah, mate, I haven't watched a game since... Oh, actually, I've, I've never watched an Arsenal game. So, um, actually, there's, there's some people listening along going, yeah, sounds like a mate. Um, so... <laughs> uh, Are you at no new thing on Twitter? Could be. Imagine. Imagine if one day I was like, guys, you know, at no new thing. That is me and Brad. Just... Just, just spinning
0: yarns <laughs> just abs- just seeing how far we can physically take this bullshit before somebody clocks on that it's pure parody. That nonce thing is one of my <laughs> favourite Oh it's my favourite account on Twitter, it's my favourite I fucking love it
1: <laughs> There was one he put out earlier that was, hang on, it was absolutely brilliant it was the clip of the, uh, the, the um, Prime uh, documentary which again, another bloody good segue Put out, uh, wow, this might be the most impressive team talk I've ever heard. No wonder players run through walls for Mikhail. If he was alive back in the 19th century, we'd talk about his oration today. If he was alive in the early 20th century, he'd have become the wartime prime minister. <laughs> and to be fair, I read it and went, is that? Oh, no, it's it's not him. But there was doubt in my mind. Um, All jokes aside, I would run through a wall for Mikel I... A lot of people said that it, it, that what he said didn't make sense. And I think the cut didn't help him. But two points. I think it did. I, I understood what you were saying. I just think it cut to a later point where they tried to f- fill it for a narrative. But it still made sense to me. And secondly, it kind of, in those situations, I, I really believe in the idea that people don't really remember what you said. They, they remember how you made them feel in the situation. And all mm-hmm. they needed in that situation was the feeling that someone believes in them? They're on mm-hmm. the ground after three games, and that's why Mikel tells that person. In my opinion, he tells that personal story. If he's saying, "Look, you know, boys, tough game today, but we try and get the three points," it's, it goes it goes in one ear and out the other. If he's saying, "Look, I've had, I've been low, I've been down, and now I've had the best time working with you boys. I believe in you. Go out there." That's way more vulnerable and therefore way more effective in my opinion and it affected me mm. mate I, I got a little bit emotional watching it there's a bit
0: about like he was the first person with heart surgery in spain or something or some kind of like open surgery sur- open heart surgery or something yeah mate yeah. mate i um we went on a there are there are a few fucking idiots taking that and, and using it th- for whatever agenda and lens that they want and that's fine they can shove it up their ass and and you know spin around like a ballerina and do whatever they want with it because I'm so bored of it. And I'm glad these people are being bled out of the fan base uh, and no longer probably feel welcome as part of the fan base because they're not supporting the club. They aren't. It, it's gone past that now. Um, But two things, Uh, it is, and I've seen f- people who aren't fans of the club say this, it is no wonder that one person the players didn't down tools during that 2020 period, because that was horrible. And if they were ever going to down tools to try and get a manager sacked, it was then. But also why one, we then went on a 10 game unbeaten run. We won 22 of 35 games from that date. And we look at these players and I look at Martin Odegaard and I think it was in that Wolves game. Where he collapsed on the floor after. Uh, and I remember the elation I felt after that scuffed Lacazette Jose Saar own goal. And I remember seeing for 90 minutes every single one of those players just running and br- trying everything that they could. And it is no wonder that they, I would, I would. I would fight some of these Nazi Twitter accounts for Mikel Arteta. I would I, like after that, after that speech, I, I would, I will go to war for that man. Absolute. Sometimes people just have an innate ability to lead and we do not unfortunately get to see that a lot because we get to see moments in press conferences or clips from training. There's a reason he was Arsenal captain. And there's a reason why these players obviously want him to be Arsenal manager because they have never stopped going and they have never stopped running for him. And uh I yeah what a clip. Just pure emotion and and humanity and that's so important. I love him.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're right in terms of the players' response. I don't. I can't remember a time when I thought they're not playing for this manager. They are playing for this manager, and they actually, I believe, they were in on your fateful Christmas day. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I do, I do believe that. Um I suppose there's a there's a bit of an atmosphere that I or I've seen commentary, and I think I'm sure some people probably think this of like, well, it's all propaganda. It's all PR. It's all it's all you know what's the point of watching it it's cut it's kind of pointless and it, it it is pr but you have to be perceptive enough to see what is and isn't pr ultimately it's clips of the players in the dressing room how can you not find that interesting <laughs> on some level of course they're going to cut it to make it more interesting like this isn't some if great they're gonna cut it to make it look bad yeah, like, like, We're going to
0: look like shit. We're going to look like shit after the first fucking 20 minutes of the first episode because we got we got battered for three games. It's going to be horrible to watch the moments against Burnley where Lacazette you know does his best Rick Ross impression and spoons that open net chance about six metres wide. It's going to look like fucking shit when Rob Holding gets sent off and we get battered 3-0 at Tottenham and then we lose 2-0 at uh, Newcastle like this people are calling it PR this is exactly what happens with a lot of tv series in a modern world where people are used to only getting it and binging it instantly is that you express opinion before like before actually consuming the art form If it's a six episode TV show, you do not have a fully formed and valid opinion until you've watched all six episodes on that whole arc. You don't. So stop calling it PR. You ain't fucking watched it. You just like you haven't watched it. How could you call something PR that you've seen about two minutes of? It, like, uh, listen, I'm a massive Star Wars fan, and this pissed me off about the Obi wan show. People were calling it one of the worst things that's ever been released for Star Wars, and this and that on all this bollocks after two episodes had been released. Alex, they hadn't watched the show. You, how, wh- what? That's like me saying I've watched. Oh, oh, I've watched six. The first six games of Arsenal season this season, and if we win all six, we're the best team in the world. We're going to win the league, and then that's it. Well, I'm not watching anymore. I'm not. I'm not. Th- I'm not thinking thought that's it the table's done. It's so stupid. Like it it angers me just because of just how how little processing power it actually takes to think like that. Like there must be just a little monkey with symbols sat in your head fucking clapping its hands along because of the level of of just unintelligent thinking going on in your brain. <sighs> I've needed to get that out for days. I'm sick of it, Alex. Yeah, you're I'm right. Sick of it. Yeah, you just it feels like we're in a therapy session. You're right, mate. I, honestly, if I see one more person call a 30-second clip of a 10-hour TV show PR, because it's a trailer, it's meant to look interesting, you're nonce.
1: Um yeah, you're you're not making some fresh original point to say, yeah, but they're gonna cut
0: it. In a way, of course they are. It's a fucking TV show. <laughs> Do you about? know how many hours of footage they'll have, Alex? Are we going to sit there and watch fucking all of it? Imagine. Are they? I, oh!
1: But even if it was a live stream, they go, yeah, but they're doing it from an angle that makes it look this. It,
0: it, it, there's a kind of they're just, doing it from an angle that makes Mikel look taller, yeah, and so he yeah. therefore looks better. Okay. Fuck off, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Take your nitpicking and piss off. I saw. I saw a tweet that you. This is just into Twitter slander now. I saw a tweet
1: that you you responded to earlier that was something like, of, of course the first tweet that Mikel likes since 2020 is one promoting himself above the club. And I was like, you you have to be
0: actively trying ha- at this point rough, You must You must view the world. You must view the world in some sepia-tone bullshit from Zack Snyder's version of like, fucking superheroes in the DCEU and all that bollocks, you must be viewing the world like what's are you? What's gone wrong in your life? Honestly, if you got to this point in the podcast, you probably are one of
1: uh, a committed listener. But I, even the committed listeners, I think, are probably at some point go, lads, come on, <laughs> let's let's calm moving down, on. Let's, moving on, moving so, on, transfer talk time. <laughs> we will, we will. But yeah, listen, I think there's there's so much to glean from all or nothing, and ultimately, it's about how mm-hmm. you perceive. You have to go. What is the car? How they use this? What can we glean? What can't we glean? What do we know? What can't? What can't we know? We're gonna see fucking Cedric and Lacazette fighting. I can't wait. Um, transfer window, the real, the real. I, stuff. I wonder
0: what we're, I wonder what they're fighting over. Do you think they're fighting over Lacazette eating one of Cedric's Dunkin' Donuts or something?
1: Yeah, Cedric's Cedric's like bought in. Yeah, he's bought in some donuts to say sorry for another dismal performance, and Lacazette's had all six. And he's gone, that was meant for all of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're, a, we're a professional podcast, Brad. What's going on? Right. We, uh, paid a little bit of money to do this. Jesus Christ. Right. Um, yes, the real stuff. Transfers. What is left for us this summer? And left might be uh, an interesting thing. Left eight. Um, Arteta can. I'm, I'm on the segways tonight, aren't I? L-
0: left um, center back,
1: left center back, left as well. wing, possibly a left winger. The 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 left is uh, is in need of in need of work in every sense, <laughs> Mister Starmer. Uh, let's not get into that. Um, but uh, yeah, I think. Well, I think it's interesting how people are approaching this left left conversation because there is we have so many options there. I also would like the guy if we got Paqueta in. Hey, I'm not complaining. If we've got someone in to go, that is our left eight. I have no problem there. But I think we're kind of underestimating just how many options we have. That I also think in terms of the knock-on effect of signing a Rafinha, I'm not sure Saka would play all of his minutes at right wing. And I would really love to see Saka in the left eight. Because I think after about 45 minutes, we'll all be going, that's it, we found him. I think he'd be. I think he would absolutely explode there, and actually, he's played there before. I think he will end up playing there. So, basically, I think the left eight thing might be left this summer, as in yeah, le- leaving something. Um, I think we'll get the left centre back in, and I think we'll get a winger. That's what I think will happen, and maybe the left eight gets done on the deadline day. Tielemans for five million pounds because he won't play. For I, it
0: time. I don't think anything but the wing is going to get done this summer. You well, you're you wrong. have to look. I've seen the future. At one, you have seen the future. You have to look at one, the fact that, okay, if like we've still got to get out, I don't think Nelson's got a long-term future at the club, runison Bellerin, Maitland-Niles, Mari, Pepe, Torreira, that's seven people that we've got to get out of the club. Then when you consider that we already have seven people who can play the central midfield positions, of which there are three. Fabio Vieira, mate. You, like, we haven't even seen you him would play. To, you, would, it, you would have to take, in my opinion, to sign another central midfielder, you will have to sell one of them. And I do not think we are going to ha- be able to focus on getting a good enough offer for Jacka that makes sense right now. Before selling all seven of these other people who, are, who are like, it's imperative that we get them out of the club because they are in no way going to play. And if you look at um, the upgrading, we will experience more of an upgrade bringing in a starting left winger of a Sane or a, or a DRB or somebody of real, real, serious quality who can play both sides, who could come in and contribute now, that is a bigger upgrade than upgrading Xhaka and Smithrow as our options at left eight. Our midfield isn't a problem. We need to add somebody who is going to score more goals. And if that is the only thing that happens, fine. The smart move for me... Would be and, and this is also because I'm not I'm not so hot on Tielemans. I think he's all right I don't think he's ground like he's not groundbreaking. The smart thing for me would be to go out, slap as much money as it takes to get a what like a game changer of a winger in, and then deal with central midfield next season. If you need to, Smith Rowe. Might become that left eight permanently. He might have a storming season as, as an interior Vieira, player. As could Saka. As,
1: as could, could Sambi. any of
0: these players. As could Sambi. Sambi's future might be at eight and not at six. We could end up in a situation where we're going next season, okay, we need to buy another six instead of another eight, you know? Let's let the players that are there, let's let Smithrow have a run in the in, in in the side. Let's let Xhaka have this season because we're probably not going to sell him yet. And then let's reassess next season because we will experience more of an uplifting result by getting in a supremely talented winger than we will a supremely talented central midfielder. We really, really will.
1: I, I can couldn't agree more. And um I I do think the left centre back will happen. I, th- I think another centre back will leave. A- well, Pablo Mario will definitely leave. I think Rob might go. I think it might be an end of window thing. Just a hunch. The the central midfield thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we haven't even seen Fab- Vieira in the shirt yet, and we're already going. We need a left A. You know, and I, th- I personally think Erdogan will swap sides at times, and Vieira will play in the right A. I think we've forgotten how good this guy could possibly be. Looks fucking great, and yeah, as you say, we have so many options there, and so many people who could be the answer. Do you know what I mean? Well, you know, we're not looking at. We're not looking at the, we're not looking at Reese Nelson and going, he could be the answer on both wings. There's no one else. There's Sakura Martinelli. <laughs> no one's saying smith Rose the answer long-term at, uh, 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 at the wing. And I don't think he'll play like that. It's just too much of an interior. We need the width. So, um, yeah, that's that's my read on it. And I completely agree with you about the winger and that would be the biggest level raiser for us say we got a winger who gets us 15 goals this season that could be the difference between fourth and second or second Jesus fourth and third sorry um, probably would be
0: or a comfortable fourth
1: or and a yeah, fifth yeah yeah, yeah yeah so so that's huge for me and I think the club will do it look we, we're clearly looking at a winger there's all this talk about the winger that we're looking at that no one knows the name of I can't wait to find out who that is the second Saka feels his hamstring against Napoli in the quarterfinal of the Europa League. We're all panicking, mate. We're all panicking because who's going to go on that right side? So I'd love to have you know, and, and 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 imagine if if we have we have that winger, and they can play both sides, and we can stick Saka on the left and that winger on the right. We can have Martinelli there. We can have Jesus out there. There's a lot of options then on that wing. And then you don't have to compromise on quality, which is the big thing. And, and Arteta knows it, and the club know it. We don't want to compromise on quality anymore. That that's not the club that we want to be. And we have to go younger to get that quality and take more risks because we don't have the money to go for go mm-hmm. and get Ireland or whatever. But that appears like what we're doing. You know, supposedly we looked at Fabio Vieira for something like six months and just went, yep, because we thought, look, next year he he might be at the, uh, he might be picked up by Liverpool. Apparently they were sniffing around. You know, it's all reports and rumours, but. Um, yeah, I, I, I I'm really happy with the business we've done. You know, what did we say before we started this window? We probably wanted a new left back. I certainly did. We were probably going to need a new, uh, keeper to come in and play number two. We've got that. Um, we were probably going to need, um, well, we absolutely need a new center forward and we've got that. We've got Eddie on a new deal. We were going to need something else. In terms of an attacking midfielder, and we've gone and done that. Um, there's question marks on the wing. We've gone and got a Marquinhos. He might be going out on loan, but there's certainly an addressing in that area. So, we've done what we need to do, and now just need to finish that off. And um, here's the thing that we're all forgetting as well: and Saliba's come back in, which is a big thing.
0: Yeah, usually like a And if you look at all of these positions, right? We're going to play somewhere in the region of 60 to 65 games next season. If we play 65 games across the front three positions, if we have two players in each position, each of those players can pick up 3000 minutes. That's six six players picking up 3000 minutes of football in a season. And with the five subs rule mate, minutes becomes the new
1: currency of football. Oh, that's the new currency of football. It's not starts, it's minutes
0: trust me and and yeah exactly and you, you players in in, in what we, we we would consider a good season of football for them play about 3000 minutes of football and that's across six positions we can afford to get 3000 minutes into these players legs like honestly there is so much football to be played in this season coming that I am in no way worried that Martinelli's development's going to get quashed by the signing of a starting left winger or that, you know, Saka isn't going to get enough minutes or that Mark, do you know what? Like, or Eddie or or Jesus isn't going to get enough minutes. It's, it's, there are so many fucking minutes. We, we need players. There's a reason that we massively struggled in the qualitative drop-offs when we were throwing our players through both Europa League and Premier League football because we did not have those second options. You know, we were starting Saka in every game in that position that we physically could get his body to go through. It it's it, it, Successful clubs don't do that.
1: Yep, and it's the knock-on effect as well because you look at that game against Newcastle, everyone's strapped up, everyone's knackered. And, you know, I wonder if, even if we had two extra players who could have come in and played an extra 30 minutes here or there over the season. You look
0: at their first goal, ben, that happens because Ben White isn't fit. Then, okay, if we concede the first, are we as aggressive when we then concede the second? Like, these little moments in football add up to massive, massive things.
1: And define and, narratives and whole yeah. careers, so... <laughs> Uh look, I could sit here and talk to you about this all night, but ultimately we're not going to watch the games. So let's just let's just look at the transfer window. And uh who cares about the football? It's all that matters. Bradley, we have just got time for a little bit of
0: Osenal trivia.
1: Last time out we asked you how old. No, I didn't ask you that. That's the old question that I've read out. I'm getting tired. The old theme was Jack Wilshire. And I asked you how tall is Jack Wilshire. How tall is Jack Wilshire? Any guesses, Bradley? Five foot seven. He's five foot eight. Oh. But he's a short five foot eight. Um, He is a
0: short five foot eight.
1: The theme for this week was Ukrainian players who've played for Arsenal. Ukrainian players have played for Arsenal. And the question this week is, when did Oleg Luzhny, the only other Ukrainian player apart from Zinchenko, to play for Arsenal, play for Arsenal. What years? Uh, for example, 1963 to 2027. Um, if you played that long, fair play to you. Um, right, Bradley. Two things. Oh, actually, a theme, please, for next week. Uh,
0: the theme is going to be a bit niche. Arsenal FIFA Ultimate Team Player Ratings. That is such a Bradley
1: Adams circa Twenty Twenty theme. Jesus, I might start asking you to do the Arsenal trivia soon, Brad. I feel like it might be time to hand the baton, and for um and for the you readers readers out, let's let's make that a thing. You readers out the uh, because you've got I think you've got a nicer speaking voice than me, Brad. That's what I'd say. Oh, um, the thing you know, the you're very sweet. I know. Um I hate when people say you know when you know when people you're offering them a cup of tea or a coffee and you're like, oh draw some sugar, and they're like nope, sweet enough, not funny.
0: Oh not funny. Has it been funny since the 1940s?
1: <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> um two things we should mention. Uh one serious and not serious. Uh the less serious one is I've just got an email from Cluid. Cluid. And it's simply this. In the words of Delia Smith, Where are you? Let's be having you. <laughs> so here we are, Clued. We're back. Here We've we been are, away for a while. Buddy. We have some more regular podcasts over fault. the next couple of weeks. It is all Brad's Swart, actually. Um, and the second thing is we shouldn't uh, let this podcast pass without mentioning Maria Petri. She unfortunately passed away this week. Um, mm-hmm. Absolute legend of the game. If you, I'm, I'm sure you guys know about this and probably know her story by now, but Rest in peace. Condolences to her family. Absolutely, what Arsenal is all about—just support. Yeah. Um. Someone who embodied the values of the club, and she's going to be missed. Um. Yeah, mate. I've just all the clips of like her singing and stuff. It's just fucking. People dedicate their lives to this shit, and f- literally, what we are doing. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. There you
0: go. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 sad to lose somebody so ingrained in in the culture of this club and um yeah i think you said it beautifully there's nothing left to say um right
1: bradley it's been a pleasure as always dear fellow thanks as always for listening if you're new here uh please subscribe that'd be lovely uh check us out on youtube find us on everywhere spotify apple wherever you're listening to us Uh, give us a little cheeky follow and uh we'll see you Thanks so much for listening. Keep it different, knock, and we will see you, Lay. Ta, peace, peace. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock and Arsenal podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the Different Knock, you can find us on Patreon and BuyMeACoffee.com. We're on all social media at Diff Knock. Thanks. Podcast Network.